0: Well, joining us on all of this on this big breaking news night as one of the best law enforcement experts out there. She is a spokesperson with the National Police Association, also a retired Chicago area police officer, Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith. Uh, Sergeant, your thoughts tonight as uh, I'm just providing the latest details.
1: Oh, Rita, you know, I know this area. I've been to Lewiston. My, hu- my uh, son was stationed in the Navy near there. And uh, it, it just breaks my heart. This is a lovely community. And they've issued a uh, an order for the entire county to shelter in place. And I think that's a very smart move on the part of law enforcement uh, because, you know, here's the thing. You've got, uh, a, you know, kind of a quasi-rural and suburban community there. Um, you may have multiple suspects. We have at least one potentially identified. We're looking for a couple of different vehicles. But twenty two people dead, twenty-two people confirmed dead, we that's extraordinary. This is an extraordinary level of evil that law enforcement is now hunting down. And the fact that he may have a scanner, he may be tracking their movements, um, is incredibly concerning because very often shooters like this, uh, in addition to taking out people at these two different locations, he may well want to take out a number of law enforcement officers as well. So, uh, you know, truly unprecedented at a time where you said tensions are high in this country. Crime is high in this country. Police departments, uh, are shorthanded and, uh, this is just it's it's incredibly heartbreaking.
0: You know, um I, I thought the same thing you did, uh, Sergeant uh, Betsy Brantner Smith, uh, when I heard that he has a scanner, um, that he was trying to figure out movements, but you're right. Sometimes these people, this guy obviously has no regard for human life. Uh, it, just the uh, unbelievable evil that we just have heard that he's unleashed. And there may be more killed because some of them are apparently very critically injured at the hospital. The local hospital there said they can't even handle any more uh victims, that they are overflowing with victims. And now he may be on his way back. He clearly is armed and dangerous. But your point, too, like maybe he's, you know, looking like you just said, uh trying to draw police out. Um, and what does it also say that he had access? He had an access to a scanner. Um, these days, I guess many people can kind of get access, whether it's through apps or other things, but it shows also a level of planning. Well, it absolutely does. If he if he
1: has, you know, either gotten a physical scanner or he's gotten a scanner app, you know, he's got it programmed, apparently, to local law enforcement. Fortunately, in this day and age, you know, the uh, police can, uh, you know, communicate, whether it's via cell phone different channels, things like that. But one of the things that we've got to think about, because Lewiston is not a large town, it's not like they have the NYPD, um, you know, that size of an organization. So they've got to coordinate multiple law enforcement agencies, surrounding cities, the state police, the county. And and very often, I know on TV it looks easy, but in real life, everybody has a different radio system and, and all of that. Um, So communication can absolutely perhaps be an issue uh, for local law enforcement. We also have to think about the safety of those law enforcement officers as they hunt this killer. Plus, they also have to answer 911 calls. You know, crime doesn't stop. Domestic disputes don't stop. Armed robberies don't stop. Um, so, uh, it's going to be a long night and a long several days, certainly for, uh, Lewiston, but also for all of the, the, uh, surrounding areas. But here's the thing, when something like this happens, law enforcement is always fantastic about quickly mobilizing to assist each other. And I'm sure that, that that's occurring right now. Same thing with, you know, you've got a hospital that's almost at, Capacity. I have. There's no doubt in my mind that doctors and nurses from other areas of the state are already on their way uh, to assist with an extraordinary um, mass casualty.
0: You know, uh, Betsy Brantner Smith. To you, you said uh, your son was stationed in the area. Tell us a little bit about uh, Lewiston, Maine. I, I, I think I've driven through there a few times in my youth. But, but tell me what you know about it.
1: He was at the Brunswick Naval Air Station, which is uh, now closed, and uh, so we would visit multiple times, you know. And and of course, we always fly in to Portland if we didn't drive, and and Lewiston is just a a beautiful, beautiful community, you know. I don't I don't even think it's thirty thousand people right now, and um, you know, just uh, I, like right now, you know, it, they have beautiful cool weather and we're coming into deer season those were all the things that we were always interested in people are kind and friendly that was one of the things that we were so pleased when our son was stationed there that everybody was incredibly kind to um, all the Navy personnel and just kind to us when we would visit you know and that's kind of the whole state of Maine and I think that's One of the things that makes this so shocking is you really don't think of of suburban Maine as a place where some madman is going to, uh, you know, attack two different locations with a rifle. He obviously had to have an extraordinary... Amount of uh, ammunition. And I've looked at the, you know, you can go online and see multiple uh, photos of him. It looks like he has a sweater on, but of course there's a chance that he has body armor. Um, There's a chance that he has explosives, more weapons. And we have to remember that it's not just one guy that the police are necessarily looking for. We don't know does he have an accomplice, multiple accomplices? Um, You know, it was two different locations, multiple vehicles, and, of course, this person of interest who some are saying online that he's a person who has a criminal history, if it's indeed the person that has been identified in the media, um, and that he's a convicted child molester. We shall see. Um, But right now, law enforcement's priority is to uh, get this uh, criminal either eliminated or in custody while they have to protect at least two different crime scenes and keep the rest of the community, indeed the entire county, safe. It's a tall order.
0: Yeah. And uh, Betsy, we are hearing uh, they're putting out his name is Robert Card. He is a 40 year old man. um, And I do see that there are some reports out there that he may be a convicted child molester. It looks like uh, one of the photos that they're putting out. Uh, sure looks like a, it looks like a mugshot. So um, uh-huh. it's somebody, uh, you know, talk about the revolving door of justice with these individuals, and especially if it turns out that this is somebody who's a convicted child molester. Uh, clearly, he is a monster um, and somebody with a rap sheet. It's uh, how tough is it for law enforcement these days? We're seeing these people who are clearly disturbed, clearly have problems, and yet they get back out on the streets well and
1: and this is the thing, two things there. we do have an absolutely revolving door justice system, and it's incredibly frustrating for law enforcement and for law abiding people, which are most people. most people are not criminals, but we it seems like in the last three years that we have just pandered to the criminal class and kind of ignored the rest of the law abiding citizens that are out there and if he is a convicted child molester then why isn't he in prison and that's one of the big frustrations if he is indeed a convicted child molester then he should in no way be able to legally purchase a firearm as well um and that's you know as we see this and you and i talk of this often we see around the country these prosecutors who don't want to prosecute judges who don't want to give people uh, lengthy prison sentences. And so they are out. And it, it seems like most of the horrific crimes that we hear about around this country are very often committed by someone with these lengthy rap sheets. We have got to go back to putting people in prison for sentences that are, it's not like we're making these up. Sentences for felonies, you know, these felonies are on the books. We need to go back to actually following the law. And if this is someone who suffers from severe mental illness, we're gonna have to go back to the 70s and the early 80s when we were able to involuntarily commit dangerous, mentally ill people so that they are not free to terrorize the rest of us.
0: You know, you just hit a very important point, Betsy, um, uh, because you're right. It's like, here we are, uh, if indeed this is a guy who has this this history there are certain people that they just should not be out on the streets. We see it time and time again. Um, I mean, there have been cases, I think about also in New York City, one of the guys who opened fire on uh, the subway and he injured many people on the subway. He was like, uh, I wanted help and I couldn't get in. Uh, I mean, here was a guy who was a big neon sign. Uh, so you're right. There are so many questions tonight. Betsy, you know, we're getting some more details are coming out about this person of interest, Robert Card, um, that he, which is really frightening. He was a firearms instructor trained in the military, according to multiple reports, and just recently uh, got out of a mental health facility where he was committed to because he was hearing voices and threatening to kill people. What was this guy doing out on the street, Betsy? Well, I think we had this discussion about 15 minutes ago,
1: Rita. Again, we have got to go back to being able to involuntarily commit, sometimes for significant amounts of time, people like, obviously, this man, uh, Robert Card, if you're hearing voices that is that are telling you to shoot people then you need to be institutionalized until uh you know something can be you know you can be helped in some way. And uh and the fact that he is military trained that he is a firearms instructor, he obviously has access to firearms and a great deal of information. And let's not forget if he's a, a firearms instructor, if he's military trained, not only does he know how to use those firearms, but he understands law enforcement tactics. He understands how to hide. He understands what police officers are going to be do, uh, what they are going to do when they are trying to hunt him down. And then this report, and it, it, you know, we haven't gotten all the details about that, that he may be uh, returning to the hospital to finish off his victim, uh, victims. This isn't. This is a man unhinged.
0: Yeah, and, it, uh, it, it, know, it's extraordinary, incredible. Betsy. It, it is. Yeah. It, talk about you know from a danger perspective. Um, and you know how much I, I love law enforcement. We do our back the blue segment every night here on the show. This is as risky as it gets for law enforcement and obviously citizens too.
1: Well, absolutely. We don't know what what kind of firearms he has access to. You know, we saw the photos with him with a rifle. We don't know if he has um, scopes, if he has uh, night vision equipment, what other uh, long guns or uh, pistols that that he may have. Does he have access to any kind of explosives? Uh, is he wearing body armor? It, you know, making it difficult for law enforcement to stop him. So from a tactical perspective and from an officer safety perspective, this is incredibly dangerous. And, and you know, as you always talk about on your Back the blue segment, um, this is what cops do, right? There's, there are hundreds of police officers in Maine right now hunting him down, running toward him, running toward the shots. Because that's what cops do, and they know it's dangerous. They know it's going to be potentially very physically uh, risky for them, but they're going to do it because they they love their communities. they care about their people,
0: you know, um as we talk about, you just you brought up a great point there, Betsy, because he will know the mindset uh, being a firearms instructor. Also, it says trained uh, by the military. Uh, that apparently he was at a U.S. Army Reserve training facility in Maine. We're getting these details coming in now, that if you put all that together, that is a very dangerous situation. Um, And obviously, someone who understands police tactics um, may have scopes. I mean, you you just don't know what kind of equipment they have uh, with them. And also, uh, this is somebody who this maybe could explain also the scanners, too. You know, that, you know, this is someone who's sort of trained with that mindset. Uh, and obviously, clearly, someone so deeply unhinged, hearing voices, hearing these things. Uh, this is a very, very scary situation. And someone who clearly has no regard for life, which makes it extremely scary for anybody in that vicinity in Lewiston, Maine.
1: Well, and you know, right now we have a mental health crisis in this country to begin with. You know, we we are now seeing the result of uh, the lockdowns and and, uh, other things that happened during the pandemic. You know, we've we've all seen the studies that have now come out talking about how um, people, especially young people are affected by mental illness. Now, this is a man who is 40 years old. Um, We don't know the extent of his military history. But we, we do know that many of our service members suffer from extreme post-traumatic stress and uh, uh, other forms of mental illness. And, uh, and you know, that makes it difficult too, knowing that he is a, either a veteran or a current member of the military. That makes it difficult for law enforcement as well, just from an emotional standpoint. I mean those cops know they've got to stop this guy. They've got to take him out. But, you know, it's heartbreaking to have to eliminate someone who at some point in their life chose to serve this country. Um so there's so much happening uh you know emotionally for these cops and emotionally for the community. And again, this this uh this shooter, Mr. Card, you know, he's undoubtedly got a family. And uh, that's one of the things that law enforcement is going to be doing or certainly has done is identify his family members. They're going to have to do a search warrant on his home, um, which can also be very dangerous. You know, this is a kind of guy, this unhinged kind of guy, his entire home could be booby trapped, knowing that one of the first things that law enforcement is going to do is come to his house Uh, to look for him and then to to look for uh, motives for other weapons and things like that. It makes you wonder, did he leave a manifesto? Um, Are we going to find out the motive for this, or is it just extreme, extreme mental illness? There's going to be so much in the coming days um, that we need to find out.
0: Um And Betsy, of course, uh, reports are sort of uh, lots of details, but there is one report out there uh, that he's a 41-year-old retired military officer um, and that he is twice divorced and a father of three um, and has had uh, some arrests for domestic violence and other crimes. That one of his ex-wives, according to one report, obtained a restraining order against him. Um, so uh, there, there may have been, you know, a number of things in his background. And if indeed he had this mental history too, you have to wonder what, what the heck, uh, you know, uh, who knew he had a gun, uh, you know, a, in this world where people are afraid to report things or, or law enforcement are afraid to overreach. Um, this is a classic example where if you see something suspicious and somebody who has a history of these things, uh, you know, you got to report it. People like this need to be locked up. Well, what have we been saying since October 7th? This renewed
1: call for if you see something, say something. And, um, you know, so we will find out in the coming uh, weeks, did his family, did they suspect that this might occur? Obviously, they know he has a mental illness because he's already been committed at least once. Did they, you know, did they notice him amassing weapons or amassing uh, uh, ammunition and things like that. Did they notice increased uh, agitation? Um, you know, we don't know his living situation. We we know that he has a couple of ex-wives. We don't know if he has a, a current girlfriend. We don't know how much contact he has with his children or his parents or if he has siblings or friends. And uh, that will all come out in the coming weeks. Obviously, lots of it is coming out Tonight, but uh, it you know, that's all going to be part of putting this puzzle together as as to, again, how someone could amass uh, all this ammunition and firearms go to two different locations in a relatively small town in a relatively rural area and gun down uh, up to 80 people killing at least 22 and coming back for more.
0: Yeah, that is why this is so, so scary. You brought up also the booby trapping of the homes. Um, You know, you don't know. Uh, They're also looking for multiple vehicles. Uh, We don't know if anybody was assisting him. Uh, There are just, and clearly has, you know, even prior to this, it looks like, uh, according to reports, there was some history of violence, clearly on a domestic level. Uh, one of his wives, as I just mentioned, obtained a restraining order against him, according to one report. So, uh, there's a lot of details, and this is really scary, uh, that he is out there. And again, uh, the hospital also on alert too, as well. And we know that, uh, the main hospital there says it is overloaded that they have so many victims, uh, that they simply cannot handle anymore, which is just, uh, really, really a frightening situation. Um, Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, I want to thank you so much for being with us tonight um, on this big breaking news night. Uh, What an important story. And to have your great analysis and your great perspective uh, for this just terrible, terrible story uh, at least gave us some insight and was very helpful at this time. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rita. Keep those cops in your prayers.
0: Yes, 1,000 percent.